0: And welcome to Palace Confidential. It's your weekly look at the big stories affecting our royal family, brought to you from Mail HQ right here in Kensington. I'm Jo Elvin, and we start this week with, guess what, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex back on the front page, but of a different kind this week. The Mail's royal editor, Rebecca English, is here to tell us more. Hello, Rebecca. Harry and Meghan on the cover of
1: Time magazine this week. What can you tell us? Well, I was going to say they're not just in Time magazine they're on Time magazine one of a number of alternative covers so you don't just have to have Harry and Meghan but that's because as a couple they have been named as times uh, on times 100 most influential people in the world list um, I mean obviously with Harry and Meghan that comes with a bit of conjecture and controversy and there are those online saying why on earth are they on this list what have they achieved apart from some big money deals during the year um, uh, there's also a lot of comment on how airbrushed their photographs appear to be. Um, but there are those that are saying, look, you know, we are talking about them. Let's face it, we are talking about them today. That is influence. And if they can bring that uh, to shine a light on causes that interest them, good for them. So I think what it boils down to is you pay your money, it takes your choice. Now, but what what is
0: uh, the magazine itself? What is Time Magazine saying is the reason for putting them on the cover as, you know, some of the most influential people of the year?
1: Well, I suppose just that. They said that, you know, that what they have done this year has sparked uh, enormous conversation about uh, British society and the, the monarchy. Um, they talked a lot about their charity works. They're talking about a lot about them as a, a power couple, a couple of, of equal standing and influence. And as I say, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Interesting. Now, Harry's having a bit of a big week. It's also his
0: birthday this week. 37 years young. And despite all the controversies and the supposed rift, it was apparently the Queen was like first in the queue to wish him happy birthday.
1: She was. And of course, it boils down to the fact that the Queen herself has said, despite everything going on, um, all of the acrimony, all of the fallouts, he's still a much loved member of her family. So Buckingham Palace, Carrots House and Kensington Palace were all there on social media uh, wishing him a very happy birthday. Now, going
0: to sort of slightly less welcome members of the extended family, I see Thomas Markle, Meghan's father, is back in the news Mm. this week as well.
1: He is. He's taken to Australian TV yet again, uh, this time talking about how deprived Archie and Lilibet are about not having relationships with grandparents on either side of their family. And I suppose I suppose that's true, isn't it? Um, But I'm just not sure what he hopes to achieve by this. And, you know, I think probably a period of, of, you know, silence of him might actually be, you know, helpful if there's any hope, if there is any hope indeed, of him and Meghan ever repairing their relationship.
0: Uh, I mean, you know, putting Megxit aside for a minute, it feels like she's pretty determined
1: to, to stonewall Thomas, isn't she? Uh, you're right. I mean, truthfully, I think there is so much water gone under that bridge now that there's nothing they can do. And it's very sad. I mean, it's very sad that a father and daughter are no longer on speaking terms. But sometimes that happens, doesn't it?
0: And I guess we you know none of us can really know the full story there. But back over here mm. and the Duchess of Cambridge was out yesterday back to work after her summer break. What, What was she up to?
1: She was, and I think it's probably worth saying something here. We've seen a lot of uncomfortable headlines over recent weeks about the royal family, the Duke of York, the Prince of Wales is charitable issues, but of course 99% of the time this is what they're doing, they're going out and about in the UK and overseas, um, shining a light on causes that are worthy, thanking people who make a difference to their communities, and of course that is what Kate was doing this week. She was at RAF Bryce Norton, meeting the staff, a lot of whom have been greatly involved with Operation Pitting, which is obviously rescuing some very desperate families from Kabul. And there were some really powerful stories that she heard this week. There was a a pilot, for example, who said he was trying to take off with a plane load of refugees and a bus suddenly screeched onto the runway and he knew he couldn't keep going forwards or slam on his brakes because he would have taken them out. So we literally just pulled the plane up and cleared it by 10 foot. And there were other people talking about how they were moved to tears by the desperate plight of the families on that plane, some of which only had like one bag between them. So they all said they were very, very grateful for the fact that Kate had come there to, to kind of thank you for everything that they'd done. Thank you so much for that, Rebecca. We'll hear more from her in a moment. But let's turn to my panel
0: this week. Joining me are The Mail's Diary editor, Richard Eden, and his Mail on Sunday counterpart, Charlotte Griffiths. Welcome to you both. Thanks for being here. Now, Richard, the cover of Time is a really prestigious honour, isn't it?
2: It really is. I mean, you think of all the momentous um, covers of Time magazine throughout history, and there's been some wonderful ones. So it's a great honour to be on there. And question is I suppose do they deserve it
0: well um, you kind of I feel like you might have a view on that um
2: well you know influence is such an interesting thing isn't it I mean certainly you know Megan's very influential indeed Mm. but over her husband um in
0: in terms of oh Richard
2: (laughs) in terms of over other people I'm not sure I mean particularly back in you know in this country now I'm not sure how much influence they really have I think over the past year you could argue they've been a very bad influence, you know, in terms of how you um, react to your family, how you behave, um, how people um, treasure sort of traditions and and that sort of thing. You know, they've been trying to overthrow um, everything really i you know I'd argue um, I think they have been a, a bad influence in many ways
3: so hard to measure influence now because because these days with them I mean because these days people have um, social media accounts and then you can literally say you know I have 30 million followers but they've cancelled theirs haven't <laughs> they so haven't they so, so it's actually how many column inches they get and it's quite a lot especially in ours and they are written about and talked about a lot and um, so I'd say they deserve to be on there
0: what do you think about the pictures
3: Okay, so the pictures it's
0: like very are looking, it, airbrushed.
3: Slightly, it, <laughs> it's, it's giving me Madame Tussauds vibes. I've got to say, I it's mean, very stilted. How green yeah. is that suit? Yeah. I can't <laughs> imagine it was that green before the um, airbrushes got to it. Yes. But, you know, they're, they're very strategic people. She, she has got her wide-leg stance going on, hasn't she? She's got her trousers on. She's wearing the trousers. I did have a chuckle
0: this morning that someone, some wag had come up with the joke that Harry looks like her hairdresser and they're staring
3: into the mirror while he <laughs> explains her layers, what he's done to I her. I love that one. But, <laughs> and I mean, clearly she's had a lot of hairdressing done. That, I don't know. And look who's in exceptions. charge
2: here. I mean, you know, you've got the, um, you know, the brother of the future king just sort of hanging on onto, um. His wife, there. There's no doubt that it's Meghan who's centre stage. Well, isn't yeah, that's
0: it? one interpretation, but I also think it's you know I think Harry's been looking for an anchor for for some time, and yeah. I feel like this mm. is like his his protective sort of stance. You know, yeah. he's, he's, he feels a bit shielded by her.
3: And it's nothing shocking. We've all known all along that this is their this is how they work as a couple. He is relying on her as his anchor. So.
0: Oh, here we go! Nice. They're sticking presents. to their houses,
2: <laughs> Lord of the Rings is what it reminds yeah. me of. Um, oh. I thought I couldn't believe these pictures were genuine when I saw them. I mean, where were they taken? What do you mean? The, in Richard the jungle, they were genuine. It, as it opposed looked to like what? something satirical. I mean, oh, maybe right. there's been so many memes online and everything since. That, well, yeah,
0: um, I'm looking forward to Twitter this afternoon. I must, I must admit, uh, the memes are coming <laughs> in thick and fast, and they are great. <laughs> and what do you think about Harry? I don't know if it's the Californian sun, but um, Harry's looking
3: rather. Tanned. Well, tanned, but sort of like fuller in the Hair department. I know. I mean, could you have had plugs? Dare I say, <laughs> dare I speculate. No, there's or something about the Californian sunshine. Yeah.
2: That it's Californian sunshine that's bringing that hair. I'm sure you're back. right. Yeah. And sure the you're red right. complements <laughs> the green
3: suit, you see, so they've really thought about it from a colour perspective. Yes it is he's he's got his good so he's, he's had his colours done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Very they good. had about they had about five stylists for the shoot. I mean and, and as well as Megan, I'm sure had many of her own opinions. Yeah. So it was extremely well thought through this uh, this photo shoot but I, I how can
2: we take this list seriously, though? I mean, if it's a g- about genuine influence, you know, you look at the Queen, who's, um, you know, advised so many prime ministers over the years, she's head of state of all these countries, surely she should be on the list. How well, can you have a. I mean, a list you, know, like
0: this? you know, on the other hand, they genuinely are the most talked about people on yeah. the planet right now. I mean, look at that. Whether up, that's every all week. Good, I True. don't know. But, yeah. but do are. you think this time cover represents the divide between the coverage of them in the and, and the feeling towards them in America as opposed
3: to here. Definitely, because the Americans lap this kind of stuff up, and we just can't. There's something so British about me anyway. Mm. I can't take this stuff as seriously as the Americans can. Um, and I don't know if there's something about being British and... Um, mm. <laughs> I don't know, unsentimental. We can sort of qu- see right through it and, and see how
2: it's sort of strategic. We I feel we like. don't
0: do earnest very well. Do we? we don't do earnest but very I well. The say, Americans yeah. love
2: it. Yeah. I should say there's a lot of Americans though feel very strongly about this because, you know, if we say, oh, the Americans love it, well, lots of them don't. You know, they've got there've been a few articles recently that were very negative about Harry and Meghan. I think yeah. certainly they seem to divide opinion in the states. You know, just as much as yeah. here. And it here we are talking coast. about
0: them again. <laughs> yeah. So, but now if, with Harry. Birthday this week, Richard. Were you surprised that the Queen led the well
2: wishes? Um, no, I mean you know she's always been keen to um, make the point that she's um, above all his grandmother, and um, I mean it did all seem it's very kind of formulaic though. It's sort of you know on Twitter, happy birthday, Prince Harry, with a balloon type of thing. emoji. Not yeah. like lots of
3: kisses and gushing. <laughs> well, I guess nobody wants the story that you didn't say anything. Of course, it's so no. obvious. They can't not say anything, can they?
2: It does reflect the fact that the, the royal family do want to keep them on site as much as possible. Just
0: turning to Kate, Duchess of Cambridge, for a minute, it's sort of like visiting military personnel. Do you think, Charlotte, that that's the kind of thing that Harry slightly wishes he was still doing?
3: Um, We know that that's exactly the kind of thing Harry wishes he was still doing because he said, I want to carry on doing military commitments with the royal family and he'll be saying, look, it's not my fault, It's, it's the royal family and the men in suits who didn't let me carry on doing stuff like this. I think it will really touch him, especially because... Um, It was an Afghanistan-related thing, and he obviously went to Afghanistan. I think he'll be thinking, more for you, men in suits, because I could have been doing that, and I Mm. have a genuine connection with Afghanistan, and you could have been using me, but you didn't. And, Mm. I know, Kate's brilliant, but she didn't serve, so he would have been a better choice, I would have thought.
2: i would be missing the um, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge over the summer. It's great to see her back at work and um, carrying out these type of duties. And I think there is something like the Queen there's something reassuring about (laughs) seeing her about and um, doing these roles again and yes obviously it would be nice to have Harry but I think when he sees these type of images he probably feels a bit of sadness mm-hmm. about it himself.
0: It's fascinating. Let's move on to the other major royal story that hangs around like a bit of a bad smell. Yes, a hearing began in New York where Virginia Roberts has filed a civil case against the Duke of York. International lawyer Mark Stevens has spoken to Palace Confidential and likened the early moves to a game of chess. So here he is explaining the prince's gambit.
4: Prince Andrew is in an invidious position. If he speaks out, Uh, as he did in the Newsnight interview, he's condemned out of his own mouth. If he says nothing, then he's condemned by his own silence. The only thing that is worse than those two options is actually having to go to court to give evidence under oath in America about the details of his interactions with Virginia Joffrey. And on the other side, David Boyce for Virginia Joffrey, who again is another very good, high-profile lawyer, Um, he knows that the only way that he can get uh, Prince Andrew to court is effectively by shaming him. He said a few days ago that Prince Andrew could not hide behind high palace walls. Well, in fact, he knows full well that that's exactly what Prince Andrew can do. And he knows that it's very difficult to drag somebody to court in New York when they don't want to go. So what he's trying to do is to pile on the public pressure, and of course all this detail about going to serve or attempt to serve the documents, the court proceedings, at the gatehouse is again calculated to pile on public opprobrium and pressure onto Prince Andrew to a point where he has to, or is effectively shamed into going back to the United States and giving an account of himself. But of course, that's not the end of the problem because, of course. Um, it's a New York court, and we have, uh, he has no legal obligation to go to the US court. Now, that gives Virginia Joffrey the opportunity to uh, get at what's called a default judgment, i.e., the, the prince hasn't turned up, and because he's not turned up, she can sign judgment against him. The problem with a default judgment from America, or indeed any other country, is that it will give Virginia Jeffrey the vindication that she seeks, but the money damages associated with that will be unenforceable in the United Kingdom. If what she seeks is vindication, then she may well uh, achieve that, but she's not going to achieve a money judgment uh, and damages. Um, uh, although she will have an order for it, she won't be able to enforce it. And, of course, again, her lawyers uh, know that, uh, and, of course, um, the lawyer's interest is usually financial, and so they will want at least the money judgment to pay their fees, and they may go begging. Of course, many people will think, why doesn't Prince Andrew just buy her off? Well, the problem with that is that's effectively going to be treated as an admission of guilt by... Uh, the general public, uh, whether or not he does it for commercial reasons, this has become so high profile uh, that it will be impossible, as some practicality, to buy Virginia Joffrey and her lawyers off. And as a consequence of that, I think it's going to be uh, one of those cases that will have to play out till the end, and we will see all of these points done. And of course, you know, both legal teams have planned for that because they're working you know four or five moves down the chessboard ahead of where we are at the moment they know what their strategy is going to be given the move that the other person makes and you know it'll be interesting to see how that turns out but i think that it's going to end up with virginia jeffrey getting a vindication and prince andrew not paying any damages
0: let's go back to rebecca english now rebecca since we spoke to mark there's been an update on this case this time involving the uk high court is that the case
1: it has. This has been a fascinating few days because, as you know, Andrew was ref- and his legal team were refusing to have anything to do. They were refusing to engage in this case. And in fact, as of Monday morning, the day of the hearing in New York, I was still being advised that that was the case. And then suddenly, four hours before it was due to be heard, uh, suddenly this lawyer, Andrew B. Brettler, Uh, Files Papers, he's quite well known in Hollywood for representing uh, men accused of sexual misdemeanours, suddenly says, here I am, I'm representing Andrew. Um, But interesting, and I was on that conference call on Monday night, the judge gave them very, very short shrift. It wasn't acrimonious, as some people have suggested, but the judge had a very clear vision. It's like, I know what you're trying to do, it's not going to work, those papers are going to be served on Andrew." sooner rather than later and you either uh, find an amicable way to do it or we will find a way to do it for you and yes you're absolutely right joe uh, we heard from the high court um on wednesday and they said they had received an application to serve papers and were happy to do so if uh, if no other way could be found so uh, what the judge has said should happen is coming true that this case is moving forward a pace and there'll be a hearing in person on October the 13th. And so it does seem that there's been
0: some pretty last minute changes to Andrew's approach to the case as a whole.
1: What do you make of that? I mean, it's it is very, very interesting because it's a definite kind of vault fast for him in terms of the way he's approaching him. And I think they've just realised that they are. this is not going to go away. Um, and it's extremely reputationally damaging for him. Even if he wins, as, as Mark Stevens says, and gets his case thrown out, uh, reputationally, um, you know, he, he's dead in the water, I feel. So um, I think they feel they've just got to start to, you know, push ahead and uh, try and maybe try and regain the upper hand again. And what are
0: you hearing, if anything, from those in the palace? Is their opinion of all of this changed at all?
1: No, they're, they're very circumspect about this. Um, I think they're watching and waiting to see how Andrew does with this and how much they can, you know, embrace him back into the fold or whether they're going to have to reject him uh, entirely.
0: So, Charlotte, Prince Andrew's approach to public
3: relations, a bit baffling at times, isn't it? Yes, it's a bit baffling. I think being ticked off by a judge in America might have been. Um, his worst one yet.
2: I mean I've always been um, sympathetic to Andrew's sort of situation In as um, so? Mark Steven said it's very difficult where you know he can't really uh, address um, these issues the whole thing has been in a very difficult position but, th- but his response and the strategy is just exasperating.
0: Forgive me why can't he address these allegations, you, which you know, this, this is all right. he needs to speak to the FBI. Otherwise, it's never going to go away, surely.
2: Well, because essentially, they never wanted to speak to him before. They had an investigation against Jeffrey Epstein, and that was all concluded. But when there became a scandal about how leniently um, they treated Epstein, they started looking for other scapegoats. Mm. You know, and that's what we've seen with Andrew. So they only ever wanted him as as a witness. Um, so he, I think he was in a very difficult position. But the strategy is exasperating because it seems to have been just sort of put your head in the sand mm. and hope it goes away. So th- this is what's happened here. You know, And finally, they've had to acknowledge the case. But then we've also got the FBI who um, wants to speak to him. And we haven't been given any advice on what's happening there. Has he spoken to them? Has he done this? Again, it seems to be just we're not going to say anything and hope it goes away it's crazy well
0: and speaking of it not going away don't you think the very act of hiring this high profile media lawyer who you know is known for these sex offense defenses mm. is not going to make it just more of a circus
2: what can he do he's got to hire a lawyer so presumably mm. he wants to hire a good one but yes it's one who's represented Various Hollywood figures with um, serious mm. issues, and I'm sure costing an absolute fortune. So I'm very intrigued to know who, who's paying for all this legal representation.
0: As in, it could be us?
2: Um, I don't think so, but it's mm. m- more likely it's his mother who's footing yeah. the bill for all of this.
0: Mm. It's fascinating, morbidly so. Let's just go to the other Andrew distraction going on, Charlotte, is that this continued speculation that Richard was (laughs) speaking about last week where Andrew could be planning to get re-engaged to Sarah Ferguson. Yeah, this is a story
3: that crops up every so often. Uh, Often when there's a negative story. Cynics might say handily so. Yeah, Yeah. when there's a negative story. Um, But then again, Fergie has been talking about her vows recently, um, saying she'll always stand by her vows. So she kind of has prompted that kind of speculation mm. by reminding us all that she's sort of still married to him, at least in her head. Um, but, yeah, no, it does. It is a story that comes up every every couple of years um, when Andrew's got himself in hot water. But it's not much of a distraction anymore because it's, it's not that surprising.
2: No, I don't think it would be a huge surprise. I mean, people sometimes forget how close they are. I remember when I think it was Rebecca revealed in the mail years ago, they suddenly bought this very expensive chalet in a I think it was a Swiss ski resort together. Mm. they're joint names and people Mm. are thinking what's going on but they they really behave like a married couple anyway
3: yeah and now Fergie goes to Balmora which is something that never used to happen and they are seen arriving at Balmora on the back of the car together
2: and they're, and they're still like there, they've been there more than a week. So yeah.
3: if they did
0: get married, though, let's just play this game for a minute. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's not exactly going to be some glorious, joyous media celebration, is it? You'd imagine they'd be doing it quite quietly
3: and yeah, They'd have to away do a from clandestine the glare. behind the scenes. Yeah. And if it was a PR exercise, that would sort of obviously not meet the needs required yeah. for a PR exercise. It would actually just look like more of a sort of Andrew and Fergie nonsense, you know, catastrophe,
2: I think. But I think what would really put the cat among the pigeons would be then the Duchess of York, who at the moment carries out lots of different engagements, you know, as a private individual. She would then be married to the um, the Queen's son. So they would be um, almost, I'm not, I'm not saying they'd be necessarily listed on the court circular, but they'd be treated like formal engagements she wouldn't
3: be able to do any engagements
2: (sighs) we're getting lost in the fantasy here
0: (laughs) (laughs) on that note it is time to say goodbye I'm afraid my thanks to Rebecca English Charlotte Griffiths Mark Stevens and Richard Eden for more royal news and views don't forget to sign up to Richard's right royal newsletter the link is on the screen now and my final thanks as always to you for watching we'll see you next week goodbye